Hey friends, welcome back to the Realtor Success Strategies Podcast, where I help realtors organize, scale, and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Tabitha Richardson, and today we are going to be talking about prospecting. And this episode is part of the Rich Realtor, Poor Realtor series that I have, and it's episode two. So let's talk about the three different ways, and I might throw in some bonuses as I think of them, but three reasons why some realtors just are super successful while other realtors just seem to struggle. One of the things is prospecting. So let's jump into this episode because I'm sure that you're really excited to talk about prospecting. Like who doesn't want to talk about prospecting, right? Because prospecting helps you build your database, get an infusion of new people coming in, which will turn into new uh, leads, then new clients, and then close transactions, which means money in the bank for you and another client that you were able to successfully help. So who doesn't like prospecting? Well, I don't like cold call prospecting. So, um, but you know what? I think I'm going to commit to maybe jumping back in and doing some prospecting. And if I do that, I'm going to record myself prospecting with all of the bloopers, all of the mistakes, everything, because it is a part of the business. And I do feel that I've had other people prospect for me, but it's not always so successful, right? Because if I don't have a proven script that I feel that works, then I'm not able to really tell them what I want them to say. So let's jump into uh, the whole prospecting. And like I said, sometimes you might look at an agent in your market that's like, totally killing it. And you're like, dag, why are they always closing transactions? They're like consistently closing transactions every single week, a couple times a week, sometimes multiple in a day. And you're like sitting there struggling. Like, why can't I close any transactions like that? And a lot of times it has to do with some characteristics of the individual, um, some of your systems, and and maybe it's just like poor execution. So let's talk about it. So first, let's talk about a prospecting strategy. Most people don't have a prospecting strategy on what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it, what they're going to use to prospect. And that is a huge problem. Because just like having a business plan that helps you as a roadmap to get to your success, you also need some type of prospecting strategy to help you with your prospecting. So let's think about how can we develop a strategy for the prospecting. First and foremost, you need to have a CRM. And a CRM is so essential, not just to prospecting, but just to your business. So think about it. If you are prospecting and you get someone, most likely they're not going to be ready right at that minute that you're calling them on the phone. So you need a tool that's going to help with the nurturing and the nurturing be automated. Remember, the more automation that you have in your business, the less that you have to do, and also the less that you need to hire out 
for someone else to do. So we do need a CRM in the business to automatically nurture the prospects that come into the database. We also need um, a calendar. We need to schedule when we're going to do our prospecting and we need to time block it on our calendar. So it's not good enough to say like, you know what, I'm going to be prospecting like three times a week. No, you need to put it on your calendar exactly when you're going to be um, prospecting and time block that. Now, we understand that things can happen and maybe you might have it time blocked from 8 to 10 in the morning and then you have a doctor's appointment. That's fine. Then you need to move that prospecting time to later on in the day. It needs to still get done. You can't just not do it. And we need to make sure that we have at least three to five lead pillars. And one of those would be prospecting, getting leads from like expired listings for sale by owners, absentee owners, things like that. We do need to prospect. So those are the um, things that a rich realtor is going to do that a poor realtor may not do. And let me just jump in and say, when I say poor realtor, poor, poor is like, a, a state of mind. It can be your bank account amount, but it's relative. So poor to one person may not be poor to another. So whatever you define poor to be, today we're using poor is just the opposite of someone that um, is is getting having high success in their business compared to someone that is not. Okay, so I'm glad we got that out the way. Now the poor realtor. They have no strategy whatsoever. They operate their business on prayer alone and no execution. They're constantly winging it. As things come along, they're like just reacting to stuff. So they have no strategy. They prospect sporadically and they only do it when they feel like it. So this week, you know what, today... I don't have anything to do. I think I'm going to prospect for a couple of hours. That's not going to work because what happens when you're when you're prospecting sporadically is that your business now is like this. You you're you're you can't depend on your closings because many months you don't even have any because you have no prospecting strategy to make sure that you're getting it done. Prospecting today will reap rewards in the future. So if you prospect and you get someone today, you're not closing today. And in the future, if you're not having any closings, it's because you're a lack of execution in the past. So we need to make sure that we're getting a strategy and putting a strategy in place. Now, for me, I, I like I said, I'm not a big cold calling prospecting person. I've done it. I can't say that I love to do it, but I'm not sure there's a lot of people that love to do it. There are people that love to do it and maybe because they just got good at it. Um, but for me, my top lead pillars have always been referrals from my lenders, from my sphere of influence, from my past clients, and from social media. Um, my calendar, I use just a Google calendar. Keep it simple. I don't need anything um, crazy. I don't need to spend any money for it. I just use my Google calendar, which connects to my computer. So I have access to my calendar at all times. And then 
tracking and measuring. So we didn't really talk about tracking and measuring, but that is something that's really important in your prospecting strategy. We need to know what works and what doesn't work. So you need to be able to track your results. I use CTEBiz to track the results. So when you find something that's working and you can see by the way you're tracking and you're measuring the closings from it, you wanna rinse and repeat and you wanna keep doing that over and over and over again. You wanna do more of what works and less of what does not work. We don't wanna waste our time on things that are not working. We don't wanna waste our time on lead pillars that are not producing any fruit for us. So it's important for you to track and measure to know what is working and what is not working in your business. All right, so next we are going to number two, which is just prospecting in itself. And I mentioned some of the things that I like to do to prospect. But first for the rich realtor, rich realtors, they have at least three prospecting pillars that are consistently working to bring in business for them, right? And it's constantly increasing their database because as you grow your database, then you have access to more people to, um, to market to, to nurture, to call, to try to convert the prospect into a lead and then into a client and have business in the future. So again, um, some ways that I've heard uh, a lot of my coaching clients be successful in prospecting is prospecting to their sphere, um, referrals from their past clients, cold calling. Um, now, the last couple of years, expired listings has not been big because houses pretty much have been selling themselves and flying off the market. But prior to the pandemic, Expired and for sale by owners was a huge uh, area of people's businesses. And this is an important, important um, mention here that, like I said, we need to have at least three to five pillars. Now, pre-pandemic, imagine if the only lead source someone had was calling expireds and FISBOs and then the pandemic hit. That would have dried up so quickly and that person's business, whomever may have depended on that one source, their business would have dried up and they would have had to scramble to figure out another way. So you always want to have at least three to five lead pillars that are effective and that are working. So then the next last one that um, a lot of my coaching clients have seen success is with third party vendors third-party referral vendors. So with the third-party referral vendors, what I like about them is that you don't have to put money up front. So you don't have to pay like you would pay for leads with like a Zillow or a realtor.com. You get the lead. And then when you convert the lead and you go to closing, then you have to pay that vendor a referral fee. Now for the vendor, they probably make more money um, getting it on the back end paying anywhere from 25 to 35% to that company for that lead that you closed. Um, so they probably make more money on the back end getting that money than charging on the front end. But a lot of my coaching clients have been having a lot of success with the third-party referral vendors. Now let's talk about the poor realtor. 
So many poor realtors, they have only maybe one lead generation source. It's usually passive and reactive. So maybe someone um, reaches out to them and says, hey, do you do real estate? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm looking for a house. Maybe by chance they found them online or something like that. But they they really don't have a database. Uh, they really don't even maybe have a CRM that they're working consistently to generate leads from, but they just don't have any system for bringing in leads to their business. They're not really being proactive, going out and getting the business. They're kind of just waiting for business to come to them. That's not really a great way to run your business because you have no control over it. And then again, you're going to have like those kind of months where you have a closing this month, you might not have a closing that month, and there's no consistency in your business because you're more reactive in um, that area. So if you are thinking about doing cold calling prospecting, uh, there are several providers that can provide you with the contact information for homeowners in a specific area or uh, for expired listings and for sale by owners that they'll send you information. And then you can take that information and you can prospect, you can make phone calls, you can send emails, a text message, or send out mailers, however you prefer to prospect. I feel the number one thing is to absolutely make that phone call. People hate making the phone call because they don't like the rejection. And rejection, the hearing the no is part of doing business. And you have to have mental toughness and thick skin to be really good at cold calling because if someone rejects you, they might curse you out. And you have to just say, okay, on to the next call and just leave that bad energy behind. So there are a few uh, different vendors that provide this information. Now, I'm going to give you the list, but keep in mind that depending on your area, some of these services are better than others. Uh, I have clients that will say like, oh, I love Red X. And then another uh, coaching client that would say like, yeah, it's just this bad data. So it really just depends. You're going to have to find the one that works for you. But here they are. So there's Vulcan 7, Red X, Land Voice, Property Radar, Cole Realty, Mojo, Been Verified, and Espresso Agent. So those are just the top ones that um, I've come across that I've heard other people using and that they've had success with. But again, you have to check it out for yourself and see what's going to work for you. Now, for me, like I said, I haven't been a really good cold caller in the past. Like I just didn't do it much. I have done it, but I it wasn't like a regular part. I guess I'm one of those people that weren't consistent and that will be the next one that we talk about. But I'm going to commit to jumping back in and trying it out and then I can report back what my experience lately has been with cold calling. I have tried the third-party vendors, uh, referral vendors, and some of them are better than others. Some of them, like, 
the leads are not great. Um, others, I've heard that people are getting like a lot of leads and they're closing deals for both the buyer and the seller side. And paid leads. I didn't talk about paid leads, but paid leads from like a Zillow or Realtor.com, like that has worked in the past. When I needed an infusion of new leads into my business, I might've done like a six month and I got like some new leads and they were good. Um, I've heard lately that they haven't been so good, but again, it's something that you would need to try and figure out what works for you. So let's jump into number three, which is consistency. Now for the rich realtor, they're going to be consistent whether they're motivated or not, whether they're motivated or not. And I find that some people have to be motivated in order to be consistent. But no, you have to be consistent until you get motivated. So consistently will reward the people that show up over and over and over again, whether they're motivated or not. They get motivated once they start seeing the results. Because I'll tell you in the beginning, when you try something new, you're not going to see a whole lot of results really, really fast. And sometimes people lose motivation. But if you stick with it, then you start seeing results and you get motivated to do it even more. And I will say that you would be able to outwork a lot of your competitors just by staying consistent because many of them are not. They're going to try something for a little while and then give up when they're not seeing the results that they were expecting. So stay consistent and I promise you're going to be rewarded for your consistency. Now, the poor realtor usually has the shiny ball syndrome, right? They're jumping over here. They're jumping over there at every new thing that they hear. And they're like, oh, let me try this. And oh, let me try that. And oh, let me try this. And what happens is that they never really get good at anything because they're consistently jumping around. So I guess they are consistent at something. They're consistent at jumping around. And that really is not good. Having focus, being focused on, you know, an area, getting good at it and understanding what your bigger goal is will help to build your consistency. If you're jumping from one thing to the other, you're just never going to build up your, your muscle in that area. You're not going to last long enough to see any results. So for me, I find working from a schedule helps me to stay consistent. Having morning and evening routines gets me into the groove of things. Um, knowing when I wake up in the morning what I need to do helps me jump into action really quickly. And for me, writing out my goals really, really helps, like a business plan, but even on a mini basis, like for the week, what's the goal for the week? What's the goal for the day? What are my two top priorities that I need to get done today to feel like I've won my day, right? And having thinking time also helps to get me clear on the things that I want and it helps me to stay motivated and stay consistent at the same time. So hopefully this was helpful for you. And the last point that I'm going to make is regarding um, time and money. Now, when you're first starting out as a realtor, you might have a whole lot of time, but you might not have a lot of money. 
And if you have the time, then you need to be the one who's executing on these things. If you don't have time, because maybe you've been really busy with your business, but you have the money, then you can pay someone to do some of the things that you don't have the time to do. But starting out, you're going to have to put the time in. And I always recommend, even if you have the money, take some time, find some time to implement yourself. So now that someone else is doing it for you, you can tell them how you would like it done because you've had experience in that area. So if you enjoyed this episode, watch episode one of the Rich Real to Poor Realtor series that I have as well. And that's all for me. I will see you on the next episode.